have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left at the Iceman in Stansberry. <laughs> Thanks, Goose. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cold out there, Brian. It's cold. I thought by this point in time that things would be a little bit better, but uh, it's the winter uh, keeps dragging. I guess it's early February, but still. I'm sorry, Phil. You know. Always correct. Always correct. You can count on him like the sun rises. So we know that there's only like one more week of winter, and then it's going to be basically. I should, I should hope so. Otherwise, he's going to get an angry letter from this house. <laughs> from me, dear Phil. <laughs> Very angry at you, but I love you every year. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, it's cold and icy right now, and yeah, I'm is. a little worried about how I'm going to get home from your house. Yeah. So. Well, we got some snowshoes and uh, yeah. a pair of skis if we need to. <laughs> if worst comes to worst. Yeah. You are kind of on a hill, so. That's true. Just kind of let gravity do its work. That's right. Yeah. Oh, boy. And speaking, <clears throat> and speaking of gravitational pull, hmm. Glenn, we are co-founders of a, a, a site that's going to dra- dra- grab you and pull you in. Mm. Like a tractor beam. Gravitational pull. A gravitational pull. Uh, a Gentimitational pull. <laughs> um, that's a new scientific term that we just coined. Mm. Um, we're co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a site where you can go and learn stuff, mm. become a better person, mm-hmm. um, laugh, cry, uh, believe in something. Mm-hmm. That's what Gentleman's all about. Uh, and uh, it's it's a site that you can in, spend your off time. Maybe you're relaxing, you know, in the ski lodge mm. on a yeah. on a crisp winter night in early February. It's icy outside. You've got a cup of something. A broken leg. Maybe a broken leg. Your friends are all out skiing. Right. Uh, well, you got to one-up them. Right. You know, maybe they're out on the slopes. It's Aspen. You're in the lodge. Pop your laptop open and go over to gentleman.com. And then when your <laughs> friends show up and they come off this, the ski slope... You can be sitting there uh, laughing to yourself, mm-hmm. knowingly. Like a crazy person. And <laughs> they're going to be intrigued. Mm. And uh, you're, you're going to look at them with the look of a person that knows something they don't. <laughs> and I'm just this... Uh, I don't know where this is going. but uh, It's a beautiful picture, though. I love I'm, what you're yeah, doing I'm really, here. I'm trying to really paint the scene here. Mm. And, uh, and that knowledge that you've gained... It's real simple. All you have to do is type it into your web browser, gentleman.com. No charge for that. It's all free. It's all free. Um, And uh, you can can enrich yourself and uh, share it with your loved ones. Share it with people you care about. Right. Um, And once you do that... You're really probably going to want to take it a step further because you're you're gonna your interest will be piqued right. by gentleman.com and you're going to want to know more. The legs healing nicely, and uh, we're going to pull the rug out from under you, and you'll show up at podcast.gentleman.com thinking it's going to be entertaining, thoughtful, and enjoyable, and then you're going to be stuck with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, 
really, Glenn, this episode is not a good indicator of the incredibly uh, entertaining 151 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. Um, this, this really, you know, you should not focus so much on this episode. You right. should focus on the previous 151 episodes, which all take uh, place uh, in a uh, chronological chrono- chronological order. And there's a continual story throughout the whole thing. So you really have to listen to all 151 episodes uh, before you really get a sense for what this podcast is all about. Right. We're like, we're like the J.J. Abrams of the podcasting right. world, right? It's like, okay, it's like Game of Thrones. That's a popular television okay. show that okay. people enjoy. Yes. You know? You can't just show up in season three and watch one episode and know what's going on. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, uh, right? Uh, yeah. You got to start at episode one, episode one, and then get all the way up through episode right. one fifty one. Power through the incest, <laughs> you know. Get through the. I think I don't know. I've just heard about the show, right? Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm well, not... I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I've I've seen it, but I really well isn't there... parts of it. I don't know. Isn't there? Well, maybe I got that show confused with something else, which is also troubling. <laughs> we'll just uh, step quietly away from that. Uh, there's none of that on the Gentleman Podcast. No, no. Um, so it's, it's all, um, but it's all important and very vital for you to listen to all previous 151 episodes. And once you do that, you're definitely going to want to get in touch with me and Glenn, because you're probably going to be either upset, uh, entertained so much, um, so delighted Mm. by the experience that you've just had that you're probably going to want to share your comments with us. And that's great, because you can do so by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044, where we will get your letter. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. We will uh, talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast, and we will likely send something back to you in return. Uh, And the contents of said response will likely be heavily influenced by what you've sent over to us. Right. So just keep that in mind. Um, caring is sharing. Yeah, right. Sharing is caring. <laughs> and uh, so be nice. Be That's nice right. to the gentleman founders. Um, so anyway, Glenn, let's... Uh, well, yes, I almost forgot. Mail just in case, you know, it's icy outside. You don't want right. to put your uh, male person through right. any crazy hoops. Mm-hmm. You know he's gonna show, he or she's gonna show up at your doorstep with a neck brace on the next time you see right. them and blame you if you stick a letter to the gentleman mailbag out there. Uh, so we get that. Mm. Uh, thankfully, we have taken precautions uh, for just such this uh, weather emergency scenario, and right. we have set up an electronic mail uh, situation where you could send an email over to howdyatgentleman dot com and it will reach us as well. It's amazing, so, this, this digital technology. You know, it's really saving lives. You know, people out there could be hurt, hurting themselves, injuring themselves, hospital visits. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like my mailman, Andy, would really appreciate the fact that... Right, know, that, we're, that we, we're saying not to send any mail again. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the less mail, the better. That's, well, I don't know if you'd, I don't know if you'd appreciate that. When, yeah it's quite a conundrum you know (laughs) yes it it is Um, it is well but anyway i'm just saying there's options yeah 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 yeah. we're fans of the mail service we we promote them every time that we do a podcast we talk Mm -hmm. for free we're not uh they're not paying us to Mm -mm. support them no no we uh we just uh we we care about it we care about the the u.s postal service kind of our civic duty right i think i yes yeah. Don't call us heroes. Right. You right. know, let's just um not all heroes work keeps. Or mailbags. Let's 
want to take it too far, but look, we're doing our part. Right. Um, anyway, Glenn, uh, that means uh, that we can get on to the media episode. Oh, yeah. Which is the drink of the week. Finally. And uh, this week, Glenn, uh, I went over the uh, store. Actually, th- this is the first time that I've done this where I, uh, I have, ahead of time, decided in my mind. You know, talk, uh, visual, we've talked many times about visualization techniques. Yes, yes. So this time I closed my eyes prior to going to this beer store. And I searched deep within my soul. And I visualized what, what beer I would be uh, partaking of. And this is the one that popped into my mind. Okay. And so then I went to the store and I picked this up. And this wow. is the... Uh, <clears throat> and this is the um, Boulevard Brewing Company from Kansas City, uh, just down the road from us. Uh, the Irish Ale uh, from them. And uh, this is a spring seasonal, actually. This is an Irish Red Ale. I believe they put this out in... Um, honor of St. Patrick's Day, I wow. assume, and that's kind of the, the reason why it's a spring seasonal. But anyway, I, uh, so yeah, so I picked up this Irish Ale, and uh, let me, let me tell you about it. Okay. Uh, the price of it was $8.99. Mm, okay, so it's pretty like good. Right around, it's pretty close to, you know, median price. And uh, the alcohol by volume is 5.8, so it's a little, a little stronger than uh, maybe we're used to in some, some of the, some of the other beers we do. Yeah, I mean we've we've done some seven percenters, you know. <laughs> Don't get us wrong. Yeah, but uh, we've also done you know typically you know five four and a half five something like that. So five point eight's a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, IBUs are thirty, so you know whatever. And the EBCs are five one point five. Yeah, the, we're really interested in the color of our beer when we go to drink it. <laughs> yeah, you know the EBC it. level. It's, yeah, yeah, everybody knows that. Um, EBC one, EBC two, <laughs> EB, oh, okay. uh, EBC fifty one. <laughs> um, Sony Glenn, this uh, according to Boulevard's uh, website, this Irish ale is Boulevard's early spring seasonal beer. It's their Midwestern tribute to the legendary red ales of Old Ireland. Mm. Recipe combines six kinds of pale and roasted barley malts to provide a rich, toasty flavor and tawny reddish hue. Mm. Sounds delicious to me. Yeah, it does. Um, so, so we're basically trying to drink spring into existence with our with our beer choice here. Yeah, does feel a little counterproductive <laughs> as cold as it is outside. As the ice falls down on your roof. Yeah. Right well, you know, uh, maybe we just uh, pay it forward mm. and uh, and uh, to partake of this beer, and uh, we'll be in good shape here in a week or so. Oh yeah. Um, Talk to Tony Phil. That was more difficult than I would have thought. Fumble. Uh, all right, Glenn. Well, uh, cheers. Cheers to early spring. Mm. Oh man, that is some good stuff, right? That's there. good, man. That's very good. Oh yeah, thirty IBUs. They hide it well. It seems like just enough. You it's, know, mm. just enough. It's in a sweet spot right there. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, what uh, if you had to... We're, we're just about to get to our famous, infamous mustache twist scale computer. Right. So that they can, uh, they can describe a, a scientifically empirical uh, rating that's provable and empirical, factual. Uh, but before we, uh, before we get there, 
Glenn, if you had to put a rating on this beer, uh, what would you what would you throw at it? Well, Brian, I like this beer a good deal. I do too. Um, eight ninety nine is a good price, mm-hmm. right near our median of eight fifty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a smooth beer. That's good. Mm-hmm. Nice and a little sweet. Yeah. A slight hint of hops. You know, it just tastes like spring. I've got to put this down, or I'm going to drink the whole thing. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, that's what. Yeah. Um, I really like this. I'm going to go 8.8. I was going to go the exact same score. Really? I'm serious. <laughs> that's what I was Woo! That's what I was thinking. You know, we've we've rated some in the nines. Yeah. I don't think this is quite there. No. You know, if if Boulevard wants to contact us, I have some pointers about the brewing process. Mm. I can probably mm-hmm. get that fixed up for you. But I mean, um, DBCs are a little... Yeah, the 51.5 is a little weird. Right. Right. I mean, right, right. Come I on, mean, we're talking about an Irish ale here. Spring. strange. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, Glenn, so yeah, I was going to go 8.8 myself, but uh, the good thing is we've got uh, another we got another party that needs to get involved with this rating. That's right. And overrule us. And that is the proprietary mustache twist scale computer that we built that relies on uh, Bitcoin, machine learning, artificial intelligence, um, a algorithmic bit of love. love, and... Um, sentient being uh, algorithms to um, to to really to, to give us an empirical factual scientific rating sine waves sign based on sine waves it can read the wow uh, wow, wow yeah anyway um, we don't want to get into too much of the implementation right, of the right. technology because right. we got a patent pending on this thing so I've said too much fingers crossed um but anyway, Glenn, the point is, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna type some facts in the MTS computer, and then momentarily, we're gonna know the actual empirical, scientific, um, unbelievable rating for this <laughs> for this Irish ale from Boulevard. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let me let me uh, put my glasses here on and type some t- some of these facts in here. Okay. okay. So I said the the price was eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. The alcohol by volume is five point eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bitterness units were 30, mm-hmm. and the EBC is 51.5. Yes. Uh, and this is a traditional Irish red ale in early spring seasonal. Yeah, and the price was 850. 899. 899. Oh. Price is 899. Sorry. Very close, but Sorry. yes. Um, completely whiffed on that one. Okay, well, uh, that should be all the uh, must have to scale computer needs to know. I just have to wait for a second, and then the turnoff will be finished. Mm. And. Um, then I can go get this off the printer. I can go. I can hear it's finishing up now, so I'm just going to head that way and get this. It's going to take me a while to sort through this report. I can tell you that much. So uh, let's grab this thing here off the printer and mm. get this. Okay, flip through this here and see what the. Man, that's a beautiful drawing of the Irish countryside. Yeah, that, are those sheep? Those yeah, are sheep. I feel like. Some potatoes. Getting more potato crop prices. Detailed every time. Oh, okay. Well, I, oh, well, yeah. Okay, I, found, I got, finally got to the final page of the report that has the uh, the empirical score yeah. for the Irish Hale. And it turns out it's another one of the rare hat tricks. Whoa, no. Which is the mustache with scale computer actually agrees with our rating Whoa. of an 8.8. Maybe we're becoming enlightened. I feel like we're getting a little bit better at this. I feel oh. like maybe that you know it's one of those situations where the computer's training us to improve. That's a little scary. It is a little scary. I think that uh, you know having that immediate feedback of mm. whether we're right or wrong is wow. uh, really starting to sink in. So uh, the mustache with scale computer's spoken. It's an eight point eight 
on the mustache twist scale. So a fantastic beer. Hopefully they provide it in your area, yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Boulevard's a Kansas City company, so right. I don't know how readily available it is in other places. But if you get if you have a chance to uh, this spring, I suggest picking up the Boulevard Irish mm-hmm. Ale and the Mustache Twist Scale computer does too. Mm-hmm. Tell them the MTS sent you when you're <laughs> at the store. The what? <laughs> is that like a, a branch of government? <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost. Almost. All right. Well, Brian, um, um, part of our due diligence in uh, rating beers is that we, you know, we're not infallible. Right, and the mustache system is, yeah, but we're not. Right. So, just for a little bit more reference, we go over to a site called beersnob.com, and uh, that is a community of beer raters as well. They fancy themselves, you know, they they they, they base their opinions off of things like you know, taste, right, and smell, smell, color, yeah, you know, whatever feeling they get whenever they drink right. the beer. Right. Anyway, they have given. The Irish Shell from Boulevard, a lowly 7.3. 7.3. Wow. I mean, it's one step above just backhanding the Boulevard Beer Company in the face. That's terrible. That's just unacceptable. They should... They should. I mean, that's libel. No. Yeah. Defamation? It's something, Brian. Libel, libel to be defamation. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's li- yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think they should get their legal beagles... I, I would agree. You can't just go on the internet and say things, right? You know who does that? Nobody. No one. Man, uh, and certainly not us. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, I'm getting all worked up here. I'm yeah, sorry. All sorry. out of sorts. This is sorry. really bothering me. <clears throat> so I'm going to have to move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two mm. weeks or so. And uh, Glenn, why don't you tell us about a meat diet? I will. Intrepid member Melted Raccoon has posted something. A little while ago, um, titled "What I Learned from a Month on the Carnivore Diet," and this is a uh, an article from OutsideOnline.com, a publication I have not heard of before, but it seems reputable. Yeah. Um, and the author uh, Andrew Zaleski took upon himself to reach out, well, to try this diet trend that has just exploded right over the last year. It's called the carnivore diet, and it means that you literally only eat meat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all you eat. Yes, I believe including fish uh, and chicken, right, right. And, which yes. is meat, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, Not just beef. But, gotcha. Right. right. So, yeah. It, yeah you, any, any type of meat, eggs, right. And I guess some people have cheese as well. Um, but the idea is to not have... Any, any fiber, yeah. Any, any greens, fiber yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So, uh, the author, um, there, there's a there's an Instagram guy named Sean Baker, who's the founder of what is it called? Well, it's the Carnivore Diet, but he he has a title, the Carnivore King. Carnivore King. Carnivore yeah. King. It's a great name for a band or a song or something. But um, anyway, he's a doctor. He's actually an orthopedic surgeon, and he's like in his early fifties. And he's a powerlifting champion. Mm-hmm. And he decided... He, he was doing the keto thing. What uh, is that? Keto is um, basically all meat and vegetables. So it's it's a carnivore diet with vegetables. Okay. Uh, you're trying to keep like blood sugar super low. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he was doing it. He was like, I just didn't like the salads. I just didn't like the, <laughs> the vegetable parts. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat steak. And he did. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, a year later we have we have this uh, 
This diet trend. The so, hottest new diet trend. The hottest new, weirdest, most amazing... Like, the, the Melted Raccoon said it best on the tech uh, description there that it sounds like the best diet and the worst diet at the same time. I mean, I love steak. Yeah, I could eat too. steak every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I could just eat steak. Yeah. And that's what the author had to do. Um, so, for 30 days, he made a pact. He was only going to eat meat. He reached out to the... The carnivore king himself, and got some pointers, and mm-hmm. basically talks about how his first um, day he uh, he had a uh, an episode. He had he apparently ha- this this diet doesn't sit well with the stomach. It takes a little uh, getting used to, right? And so he had the uh, Montezuma Quick Step <laughs> um, for a couple a couple. He, the article is pretty long, and it talks about all the... One of the main things that stuck out to me was all the different times. Like, he thought his body had gotten used to only eating meat, and then, like, he'd have days of, you know... Right. Intestinal... Terrible, uh, yeah. Plumbing issues. Problems, yeah. Um, but he said at the end he felt pretty good about it. Uh, he was able to... He felt like he was able to lift more weight. Um, he saw some body composition changes a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, but also, you know, when you're you're spending a, a lot of time on the throne, that also changes the composition of your body as well pretty quickly. Um, so anyway, it was an interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the author ended up saying, you know, he concluded that it helped him focus on his food more. Previously, he was just into, yeah. you know, whatever came by he would eat. And right. He's been more deliberate about what he chooses to eat, and he thinks that really affects his and health. That was an interesting outcome of it, is that he said it was valuable just because he, you know, he still eats, he, he, he's back to his normal diet, but he's more careful and thoughtful about exactly how he, how he eats and what he eats. But my problem with this whole article was that everything is such anecdotal evidence. The, the carnivore king... Right claims that well he he had low energy and this you know this right. carnivore diet helped that and it's like well but that's not really a real scientific study if you claim you feel more energetic right and uh, he, also it would be extremely expensive you know what I mean like if you if you're oh, buying yeah. uh, every meal with steak right you know um, that's cost prohibitive for a lot of people and i think you know the author probably had a subsidy to to go buy i think he said he went and bought a hundred and some pounds of beef or something at the store it's like that's going to be a thousand dollars or something right he was trying to eat the, two pounds of meat every day i think and the carnivore king eats like four okay i mean yeah there's there's a lot of uh scientific data that says you know when you eat that much meat like you're at risk for you know Types of cancer, yeah. And it's just lots of yeah. uh, other things. Um, he built he uh, uh, the carnivore king Baker something Baker, um, Sean Baker. He based the diet off of um, a bodybuilding great from the fifties and sixties named Vince Gironda, who basically just had steak and eggs all the time with just a minimal amount of carbs. Right, and so he was like, "Well, I'll just give this a shot," and that's and that's where this came from. Mm. But it's interesting, though, too, that this diet is started by a doctor, like an orthopedic... orthopedic a foot surgeon? doctor. Foot doc- well, uh, yeah. I mean, he went to med school. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's a foot doctor. Um, Dr. Scholl. Dr. Scholl. <laughs> he's written a book. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about the carnivore diet. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, my problem with all these diets, too, is that everything, you know, 
I, I think, I, in my limited knowledge of nutrition, which admittedly is not very high, yeah. Um, my takeaway of it is that most experts agree that it should be focused around certain things, but really it should be balanced. Yeah, like you shouldn't only eat steak or you know only you know, one particular category of food. And if you don't, you have to find a way to supplement the different things that you need for your body. Right. To get the other parts of it. So, right. It's like, you know, our, our ancestors, when they were hunting around scavenging, scavengery, scavenger. Mm -hmm. When they're, you know, they did, they had, they didn't have access to all the stuff that we have. So they had like, you know, they killed a buffalo and they ate it. And right. then they found some berries and they ate that. I mean, right. they, they they varied everything that they ate because right. it was available. Right. It wasn't like, right. you know, they went to the bison store and... Picked up a Big Mac. And... Right. Big bison Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the um, the author did reach out to a, a nutritionist, um, a clinical epidemiologist, professor of health research at Stanford mm. School of Medicine. So, has some degrees there. Yeah. Uh, and his name is John Ioannidis, and he says, we have no evidence that this is a good idea. <laughs> That's a good um, way to say it. We have mostly indirect evidence that this is a bad idea. Oh. So there you go. That's a fair answer. Yeah. You know? He says, we we can't prove that it's not good. We can't prove this is the worst thing in the world. But we have lots of proof that says it's probably not good. Yeah. Um, but I I love steak. Like, I, I could truly eat steak and eggs every morning. I'd have to have something to counterbalance. You know, yeah, for sure. I couldn't just have meat, and uh, you know, my I this thing stopped for me <laughs> at you got to give up pizza, right? That's that's a no, right? No go, right? You know, I don't care what's. I mean, I I don't care what the upside to it is. If you say and you can't have pizza anymore, right? Right. That's not going to work. If you if you happen to like come down with celiac, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a dark day. I'm gonna have to that, that, that come would, over and yeah. talk you back from the ledge. That, I think. that that would be uh, that I, I can't even imagine. We'll have to talk some alternative crust. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's making me depressed just thinking about cauliflower, it. cauliflower crust. Oh there. man, I, you know, <laughs> I guess you got to do what you got to do. You know, uh, yeah. Let's hope not. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, maybe maybe not the uh, the carnivore diet. I, I think uh, this one's definitely not for me. Let me re- let me leave you with this parting quote from Sean Baker, the founder of the Carnivore Diet. Okay. Uh, talking about skepticism towards his diet, I think it's fine to be skeptical. Skeptical. I would have been skeptical too, but if you're overweight, you're tired, you have no libido, your joints hurt, you're depressed, and you go on a diet, and all that gets better. The question is, are you healthier? Damn. Well, maybe. Maybe I got to rethink this. That's you for know. you, fair listener, to decide. <laughs> um, um, yeah, well, yeah, uh, that's interesting. The, he also says that the the diarrhea thing is pretty common. So, with the common side effect, small small side effect. Ah, that's okay. Well, <laughs> what what else do we have to talk let's, about? Brian? Let's move on to a happier story, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, this story uh, is entitled uh, Colorado Runner Kills Mountain Lion in Self-Defense. And uh, this is from a little organization called NPR.org. This is uh, something I posted to Gentleman.com in the last uh, couple weeks. And I just thought this was an interesting story. We've talked a little bit about 
at a couple of podcasts we've talked about there's been some interesting attacks from various wild animals um, kangaroos you know all of yeah i mean <laughs> there's a lot of interesting things that go on in the world and um, usually in australia and this is one of them uh there was a, a jogger that was out for uh, a brisk run one morning in colorado and he heard something behind him turns around and it's a 80 pound mountain lion and uh things happen right uh, skirmish ensues. Right. The jogger gets, I believe, bitten in the face. Yeah. Is one of the things that happened to it. Uh, but the jogger, thankfully, was able to fight back and actually killed right. the mountain lion. I mean, a lot of times you hear these stories and it's like, oh, I grabbed a stick and I beat right. it enough and it ran away. Yeah, poked it in the eye. Well, this guy... I mean, this is, I'm not trying to make light of this because, you know, it's a, it's an animal and everything like that, right. but it's you or it. Right. And, you know, obviously he chose himself. Right. Um, and suffocated it. Right. Uh, I, and they don't, him out. they don't, yeah, they don't go into detail about how he pulled this off, but apparently he, yeah, choked out the mountain lion. Hey, you and I have seen enough WWF <laughs> to know how this goes down. Yeah. So anyway, um, he, he was able to fight back and get through it, uh, but, uh, and and this kind of attack is very rare. Right. Uh, and this guy's going to survive. He has serious but not life-threatening injuries. So apparently he got scratched up pretty good and obviously had a chunk taken out of his face. Sheesh. But uh, he's going to survive. But they said that these are extremely rare attacks. And I believe they said in the last century only, gosh, I want to say like 20 people have died from, from mountain lion attacks or something like that. So if you look at that over 100 years in the entire United States, only 20 people um that's a pretty low odd scenario, but you know, just in case you do uh, find yourself in this situation, they have some advice for you. Yeah. The uh, Colorado uh, Wildlife Service or whatever the heck that is, mm-hmm. uh, the national <laughs> parks—I don't know whatever, whatever office that is that deals with mountain lions. Yeah, um, they have some advice, and that is number one: never run. Yeah, which seems counterintuitive, but apparently we've talked about it. this before. <laughs> mountain lions have a very particular thing about somebody running away from them, mm-hmm. and apparently that incites some kind of natural instinct right. within the mountain lion. Take it down. That they they almost can't help themselves to chase down and destroy the prey. Yeah, if you run. Right. So instead, the mm-hmm. idea is that you're supposed to convince the mountain lion. That you are not prey. In fact, you could harm the mountain lion if it tries yeah. to engage. So they they recommend if you're wearing like a jacket because you're out for a run, pull the jacket open and make yourself look really big and mm-hmm. threatening. The bigger you make yourself look, the better. Mm-hmm. And it also says if you do get into hand-to-hand combat with a mountain lion, to go for target its eyes and its nose. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right. Noted. All of which are things I'm sure you would be rationally thinking of if you saw an 80 pound uh, mountain lion circling you, Man. and you're all alone in the Colorado mountains. Uh yeah. I I I don't know if I could stone cold Steve Austin the a a, uh, a mountain lion like this guy did. I mean that would that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be a little lucky too. I think. I think. Uh, so one thing I took away from this article, Brian, is that. Um, they they have they have embedded some tweets from the CPW Northeast Region. I guess it's Parks and Rec kind of wildlife mm-hmm. animal control kind of deal. Yeah, and one of them is is that they said after the investigation they include an examination of the lion, and 
they have confirmed the victim's account that he choked it out, basically. <laughs> but it's like they're fact-checking the victim, like... <laughs> like Were you guys just out for beers, yeah. or...? How did he really die? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, be honest. So you were the You're last under one to see him live. <laughs> All right, dirtbag. <laughs> Let's take this down a notch. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad the guy survived. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just not too long ago we were talking about a story where two friends were out on a trail. Right. And one of them tried to get away on a bike. Yeah. And unfortunately didn't. Right. And the other person stood their ground. He like, used his bike, didn't he? Well, they fought it off with a bike. And yeah. then one of the guys hopped on a bike and tried to get away. Right. Bad idea. And... The mountain lion chased him down. and He's like, yeah, lunch on wheels. I don't believe he made it no. out of there. So anyway, serious business, man. I yeah. Don't, I don't know if you'd have the wherewithal to not run away, but... Um, oh, man. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Well, if this ever does happen to you... Yeah. And you have to recount what happened, you shoot it straight. That's right. To the Colorado uh, Parks and Wildlife Program. They're not, they're not taking they're, any... They're going to do due diligence here. They're going to make sure that your story's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, what else we got here? One more thing. We do. We have uh, an article from Fox News by mm. our good buddy, Tony O. Uh, Tony O. Tony O. Uh, the title of this is Chicago Rail Crews to Use Fire to Keep Trains Moving. This happens to deal with the... Uh, if you listen to the last podcast, mm-hmm. there was impending doom coming up on the Midwest. That's right. Most, well, more than half the, half the nation had to deal with a polar vortex. Right. Serious business. Chicago's saw um, record-breaking temperatures. I think I saw like negative 19 or something like that. Mm. Uh, but the wind chill was like negative 55. Wow. I mean, I think they just stopped counting after a while. Yeah, I think the thermometers just You're basically in Antarctica. Yeah, exactly. So um, the this article talks about how when you have train... The train tracks in cold weather are, are, are problem problematic because... Um, they tend to pull apart when they get to like really um, extreme temperatures, mm. and so this is pretty ingenious. They installed um, on the Chicago Commuter Railroad Metra. They installed a system that runs along the tracks, and it basically just shoots flames <laughs> onto like right next to the track mm-hmm. to heat it up, so that they can reattach and and um, make the connection on each track uh, mm. better, like, yeah. instead of it falling apart. But a lot of people took pictures, you know, obviously Instagram. Right. Social media, like, ah, the tracks are on fire. Yeah. And it's like, well, right. actually, they're not on fire. They're, like, almost on fire. Right. They're right next to the fire. So, uh, but, yeah, it's pretty cool uh, to see. I mean, it's, it's a great it's a great little story about, you know, just ingenuity when, you, when you're faced with uh, really <laughs> extreme temperatures. Yeah, I think they said they, they actually, it's not just when things are so crazy cold, they actually do it if anything's below zero, Yeah, just for precaution or something like that. So, yeah, so it's an example of something I had no idea that even existed. I, I just thought, right. you know, the steel tracks, though they're steel, they're it's fine. steel. <laughs> right. But apparently it's a little dicey once it gets below a certain temperature, so. Now, Brian, you, your house sits on steel beers. Uh, beers. <laughs> steel beers. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> steel beers, uh-huh. right? Um, are you out there with like a, a flamethrower uh, torch in the when it gets cold enough? Are you are you uh, how do how do you deal with this extreme temperatures? Well, your... that's a good question. I don't know if uh, you know maybe we need to look in some fl- flamethrowers or something right. like that. To uh, you know, Elon Musk was selling those flamethrowers, right? So just in case, maybe I should keep a couple of those around. <laughs> yeah, you sh- you totally yes. should. I mean, um, you got your fire extinguisher. Yes, 
You got your garden hose, <laughs> right. and you got your flamethrower. What could go wrong? Right. Um, yeah, that, and it also it kind of gives you a little credit with the neighbors, right? It shows them that you mean business. That's right. right? They they look out their window and they see some flames. Some uh, they see you with a backpack on your back and you're shooting right. flames at the bottom, the under undercarriage of your house. They're uh, they don't even mean business. That's right. You wouldn't mess with the guy that does right. that. Don't hit a baseball on his lawn. That's right. Kids, stay stay out of his yard. So it serves multiple purposes. Right. Yeah. Intimidation factor. Well, I'll start looking into that. Maybe I'll report back on my success with that, applying that to my house yeah. um, in the next couple of days. It's, it's it's groundbreaking technology. I'm sure yeah, they're still yeah. working out the kinks. That's but. true. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that means it's time for the toast this week. Mm. And uh, this week, Glenn, I... We... we this is a hard... This is a complex story to... Uh, to discuss, it really is uh, because there's a whole backstory on this on this thing that we're about to talk about. But we want to talk about the person first, right? Which is uh, gentleman user Elancaster. Yeah. And uh, this gentleman user is has been on the site for a long time, always posting great stuff, and uh, he sent us a message not too long ago. And he said he got a strange email from somebody that requested that he write an article, a mystical article on gentleman.com. 500 words. 500 words. Yeah. And to please let him know how much that would cost. Right. And so he, he reached out to us and said, what's the, what's the story with this? And uh, we did some detective work. We did mm-hmm. some sleuthing. Mm-hmm. And we found out that uh, whoever was trying to solicit this uh, article <laughs> from Elancaster... Uh, just kind of randomly typed his username into Gmail or something like that. You know, some formation of his name and ended up uh, bullseye, got his email address. Right. And uh, so anyway, flash forward a week. And uh, being the good uh, sport that Mr. Elancaster is, right. he decided to write that 500-word right. mystical article. So, somebody asked him in the parlor... Because he first posted this message, like, "Hey, what is this? What is this gentleman?" Like, I got this message from the, from some random spammer, and right. another gentleman member said, "Hey, can you post the article anyway? Just post it." Yeah, and uh, and post it. He did. Uh, he he said it's a little bit over five hundred words. Mm-hmm. Uh, five hundred thirty-two. Five hundred thirty-two words. But uh, let me tell you, those five hundred thirty-two words are amazing. Uh, as soon as I saw this, I read the whole thing from uh, front to back. Cover to cover. And uh, I expected, look, um, I have to admit, I wasn't expecting a literary masterpiece right. when I sat down to read this. Right. But I was pleasantly surprised because uh, I was riveted by <laughs> this 500-word mystical article. And I believe it's entitled The Firestone. And... Um, there's lots of elements to it, but so the point is, E. Lancaster wrote this article. It was well received, I would say. I found it compelling and uh, very well written. And not only did he, he didn't only he did not stop at the 500 word article. He followed it up with three full chapters of this story, the Firestone. Yeah, I mean, there might even be more installments. We don't know. He has a right. Tumblr. Yep. That he's been posting these these um, uh, these mystical right. chapters right. to. Uh, did you want to 
read some of it, or I have I have an excerpt right here from, oh, okay, from the yeah. original mystical. I would like to hear it. Yeah, um, this is just a paragraph. Okay. <clears throat> uh, when it was his time, he placed the firestone with the earth stone, the water stone, and the wind stone, all in the sacred plinth. Standing back, he watched as the four elders started their chant. Their voices rose and fell, blending until it sounded like one. It was then the moon seemed to change colors, first white, then blue, then yellow, then red, then back to white. Wow. That's moving stuff, right? I, I, I feel like we need James Earl Jones in here I, to really yeah. do it justice. I, you know, I feel like... The um, Raven. Uh, this is like J.R.R. Tolkien meets Indiana Jones. Right, right. Uh, meets Star Wars or something like that. And... His further installments that he's posted on Tumblr, mm-hmm. they're not limited to 500 words. No. I he think goes he goes beyond. beyond. Yeah. So I, I'm i seeing New York Times bestseller in the future for Mr. E. Lancaster. He's going to be like one of those authors that like you know self-publishes something uh-huh. and then... What was it? And then he's going to be on Good Morning America. Right. It all started with gentlemen. Well, he's not going to mention It all started that, with the spammer. At that point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, this is this is a great example of taking a negative situation, like mm-hmm. getting uh, emailed by a spammer, mm-hmm. and turning it into a major positive. Absolutely. The, the, Elon Castro is the type of person who you can tell is successful in life because he can take lemons and make lemonade, right? There you go. It's all about perspective. That's right. Seeing an opportunity when everybody else sees a problem. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I haven't had a chance to read all three chapters yet, but mm-hmm. I'm saving it and looking forward to uh, maybe cooking up a fire tomorrow, mm. sitting in front of it, and uh, diving into what's going on in chapter three of the Firestone. If I come over, will you read it out loud? <laughs> so- I was just thinking I'd like to do the I'd like to do the audio reading yeah. of this. I wonder if I maybe you know he can if he can write this stuff. Maybe I should send him a uh, a demo. There you go of me. Doing the audiobook version. You've got 152 demos right here. That's right. On uh, the podcast. Yeah, so. so maybe I just say, hey, you know, let's let's do something with this. Here's the here's the audio uh, version of your book. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I, mean? I I think it's a surefire hit. I don't, I don't know who would not read this. Maybe we can get like Jim Carrey to do something with it. You know, he's big into anything right now. Right. Um, I think I think Morgan get, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that would be a good, that would be a good audio book. I remember the first time I read the Firestone. <laughs> well, anyway, Glenn, uh, a toast to Mr. Eagle Lancaster for doing such a, an excellent job on um, being creative with a off the wall spammer request, which we have not managed to do in the hundreds of spammer requests we've gotten. That's true. Also, maybe we have a business model here that we have yet to tap. That's true. Mystical five hundred word articles. I was highly entertained by it. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. It's fantastic. Okay, well, that means it's time for the <clears throat> Hot Button Topic. Topic. Oh. And this week, Glenn, we always pick a topic for the Hot Button Topic that is very controversial. Mm. And it's going to have an impact mm-hmm. on society. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the hard hitting stuff. What does this mean? Right. You know, point counterpoint. Right. Yeah. Crossfire. Yeah. You know, it's divisive. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. 
people have opinions about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're about to get really serious here. Mm-hmm. Um, Buckle in. You sent me an article that you were really proud of. You know? Yes. Uh, I was so proud of you. Were be- it was like I, when I was getting the email, I could see how, you know, that positivity coming through yeah. on this. And I, yeah. I was disgusted by it. Sure. Um, sure. It really just drove me crazy. Sure. You know, to read it. You're not alone. And uh, the article discussed the ins and outs of what makes up a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know I have firm beliefs on this. You do? Ever since I was a kid. You're right. You know, I grew up knowing right. what a grilled cheese was. Right. And these days it seems like anything passes for a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You could sprinkle whatever toppings on that grilled cheese you want and then throw it on your menu and it's a grilled cheese. Mm. But I know the true definition mm-hmm. of a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. And apparently you do not. Well, those are some mighty strong words, partner. You want me to tell you what the definition of a That's grilled right. cheese is? I do want let you me, to tell me Let me, me tell that. you what... I, I take a very liberal definition I see. of a grilled okay. cheese. Uh-huh. And because, look... I think when this culinary concept of taking two pieces of bread, putting cheese in the middle, and grilling it first started, mm-hmm. the cooks were limited, right? The classics. They didn't know they didn't know what they were doing, right? They they knew they had something here, but they didn't know what uh, they had, right? Mm. They had tiger by the tail. Okay, that's what they had. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to today, people are getting creative. They're putting more cheese in their grilled cheese. Cabbage, meats. Different types of cheeses. Different types of cheeses. Macaroni. Putting macaroni in the grilled cheese, Brian. Bacon. And I ask myself, do I want to live in a world where I can't have bacon in a grilled cheese? I don't. I, 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 I want that. I'm, I'm comforted knowing that people anywhere can feel free to take two pieces of bread, some cheese in the middle, and anything they want. And they can call it a grilled cheese. I'm glad you mentioned the word comfort, Glenn. Oh, boy. Because... Here it comes. I think everybody can agree that uh, <laughs> comfort is taken in the things that you know. The things you can trust. Mm. The things you believe in. Okay. You know, the mm-hmm. values that we grew up with. Oh, boy. And when I grew up, back in my day, yeah, I know what a grilled cheese is. Right. Two pieces of white bread. Right. And some Kraft American cheese. Okay, you're American All cheese. All American cheese. Whoa. Whoa, you're saying the Gruyere? I'm not talking the... about uh, some French cheese. Swiss cheese? Some Francais cheese. I'm talking about All American cheese. So processed. Processed American cheese. That's right. Okay. Processed with love Brian, in America. You're not wrong, right? That, that can be a grilled cheese. That can be a grilled cheese, and but it is. Open your mind. Open your heart. Think Looks, about other things that. Let, I did some research for this. Okay. Oh uh, boy, I did some research for this. Uh, okay. Look, I I've been disturbed mm. by what I've been seeing recently mm-hmm. with grilled cheese culture. <laughs> things are really getting out of control here, you know. Um, I, I I surveyed some local Lawrence restaurants mm. here in Lawrence, Kansas. We we've got a lot of a lot of restaurants that throw grilled cheese on their menu. Okay. Okay. okay? Which makes sense. Makes sense to me, okay? People love grilled cheese. Mm. Put it yeah. on the restaurant menu. Why not? Right. Right? So It's a favorite. Uh, uh, so 
Free State Brewing Company. We both like their food. Oh yeah, you know, fantastic. Right. This 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 grilled cheese is uh, this is a little bit outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with this one. Okay? okay, this is sourdough bread. That's a little good. weird. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's white. It's white bread. Creamy brie. Okay. Oof. That, that's that's really getting on out of my comfort zone. But they pull it back on. White cheddar. White cheddar and some provolone. Okay, this is a little bit out there, but I've had this grilled cheese. and I'm like, okay, if I have to. I can eat this grilled cheese. It's not American cheese. It's not but, American cheese, but, but okay. I can deal with it, okay. right? Yep. Now, then we go over to uh, a little restaurant called Merchants. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now things get a little haywire. Oh, boy. All right? Because uh, they start with Borzen cheese. I don't, I don't even know, know, what, know what that no, is. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, Gruyere. Yep. Okay. It's good stuff. Uh, cheddar. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then some slow-cooked onions. Thyme. Wait. Rosemary on toasted sourdough. And if you're feeling extra unconservative, oh boy. You can add bacon, bacon jam, flat iron steak, or pork or ch- or pork belly or chicken. You, flat iron steak to the grilled cheese. Well, okay, well that's not a grilled No, actually that's wonderful. Uh that I don't know what I, I was thinking like that. that. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. That. I really um, want to try the slow-cooked onions on my... Yeah, the slow-cooked onions sound delicious. Brian, listen. Okay. And then more. On, the, on the final mm. example of this, okay, Laura and I went to Richmond, Virginia recently, and we went to a grilled cheese restaurant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, but let me tell you something. I don't, I don't recognize any of these grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> uh, pimento cheese with dill pickles and shaved country ham on white. Lambic L-aged cheddar... Apricot puree with spinach on white. Fontina, I don't even know what that is. Home smoked brisket, caramelized onions, and fried sage leaves on mountain herb bread. That's a just those are just three of the selections off of their grilled cheese menu. Brian, you and I look at this menu and we say, What the heck is this? Yeah. Right? That's true. Not the grilled cheese we grew up with. Yeah. But times have changed. <laughs> All right. I'm, 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 we got to get with the times and the time is our, you know, bacon, pimento, jam. You know, maybe you're right, Glenn. Maybe you're right. Maybe people of the future will be eating these grilled cheeses just like I ate my American cheese on white. Right. You know, maybe that's the way that things are going. Maybe I just, I should just accept it. I I mean, I I don't know. Look, it's like free speech, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want... Is it wrong for somebody to say, hey, those gentlemen guys are real a-holes? All right? Is that wrong? Maybe they're yes. not. Yes. <laughs> well, no, uh, well, they may not be wrong. They wouldn't be wrong. They wouldn't be wrong. Would they be right? They Some might, might say yes. They might be right. Where am I going with this? Uh, they should have the right. <laughs> they have the right. They have the right. They have the right. And we can't. We can't regulate it. That's right. We it can't, can't regulate. be free. Grilled cheeses can't be free. They That's can't true. be grilled cheese. I mean, mm-hmm. grilled cheeses were founded on the simple principle that you could take two pieces of bread and throw conventional sandwich wisdom to the side, toss it to the wind, and mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm not putting meat in there. Right. I'm not doing it today. Right. It's just cheese. Cheese is delicious. It's all I want. Mm-hmm. All killer, no filler. Mm-hmm. When my daughter asked me to make a sandwich for her, she says, don't put mayonnaise on it. Don't put any mustard. 
don't put cheese on it. I just want meat and bread oh. and butter. I don't get it, but <laughs> that's for another episode. That's for another episode. <laughs> but she knows what she wants. Okay, right. You can't call that a grilled cheese because there's no cheese on it. But mm. she has the freedom to do so. That's right. It's a brave new world. We live in a country where she should be free to not have grilled cheese. Right. Come one, come grilled. If you disagree, right? Yeah. I understand. I understand. For the way. record, those sandwiches, those grilled cheese sandwiches you talked about, mm-hmm. sound disgusting. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went with the. Uh, I went with the. Um, I believe I went with the. If I if my memory serves me, I believe I went with the yes sir, which was the aged cheddar, apricot puree, and the spinach, because <laughs> that was the most close to normal. That was really? on the menu. <laughs> that was the closest to normal. Every other one was had weird, uh, you know. Uh, we were at a. Our family was at an airport last year, and I can't remember which sandwich place it was, but they had a sandwich with mac and cheese. Now that sounds kind of good. In the bread, somehow mm. it was really weird, mm. and it was good. Yeah, it was real good. <laughs> It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. So, you know, I mean, there's sometimes, sometimes being open to change and, uh, these new ways, right. You know, really benefits your life. So that's a good point, Glenn. There's going to be a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a few apricot, spinach, Pimento, grilled cheeses. dill pickle situations. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. But okay. look, we got to evolve. That's true. Got to we we move are. with the times. Get left behind. Times they are changing. The grilled cheese times are changing. For the record, also, your definition of a grilled cheese sounds delicious. It's fantastic. <laughs> a little butter on the outside mm-hmm. of the bread. Toast it. Mm. Mm. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I think we solved that. Yes, we we came together and found some common ground. This was probably our least uh, abrasive. That's true. Hot button topic. Typically, we really go after it. Yeah. 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 I just didn't think it was fair with I know. Know, I know the state of the world today. I understand. We can't be adding more fuel to the fire. Right. You know? More cheeses. This whole the- liberal, conservative view of grilled cheese sandwiches, it's a hot button topic yeah, for sure. We had to address it. Just staring us in the face, really. Yeah. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, um, that means it's time for the, uh, the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. Mm. And uh, this week, Glenn, uh, you know, we talked about... Uh, Eli Lancaster's surprising uh, entry, entry, foray into uh, creative writing, right. which might end up in a uh, form of a novel. Yes. I hope it does. Um, so the question... I'll pre-order it. I will be me too. Yes. I will do the audiobook for it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm on board. They'd probably give you a copy. I would hope I could read from You're, something. So right. In that case, I wouldn't have to order it. But, hey. <laughs> Uh, kind of hard to do the audiobook without a free copy of it. But um, anyway, the point is, Glenn, the question is, if you were going to write a novel, mm. what would it be about and what kind of genre would you be uh, hovering around? Well, that's good. That's a good question, Brian. I I think I, – I gave this some thought. I think it would be a self-help book. Oh, interesting. I think it would okay. be – well, it would be a nutrition book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pin a finer point on it. It'd be a diet book. Okay. Okay. Those are all the rage right now. Oh, yeah. And there's this concept of only eating one type of food. Right. To, like, get ahead, change your body composition, Mm -hmm. increase your libido, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Mine would be a diet book about only eating chicken wings <laughs> and the benefits of. And I'm I, imagining a boost in uh, energy, energy, clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have some intestinal issues <laughs> forever. Yeah. But blood sugar. Know, blood, right. Yeah. Cholesterol. Right. Through the roof. Mm-hmm. But, but let me ask you this, Brian. If you um, are overweight and you have no drive, no libido, right? No, no, no will to live, mm-hmm. and you start eating chicken wings, and that all changes. Yeah. Well, there you, you go. Are you healthier? Yeah. That's my question. That's the premise of the book. That's great. That should be the title of the book. <laughs> I've already got some Instagram experts uh, lined okay. up for a panel Good. to promote it. So yeah. I feel like. I think it's got legs. Well, you got a title? Wings. Got a concept? Wings? Yeah. Um, come, Wings. F- come fly with me. Wings. 30 days to freedom. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's good. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Clip your wings. No. No. Wings. Um, anyway. I'll keep working on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Oh, the yeah. wind beneath my wing. There you go. The chick- okay. Nope. I... Come fly with me. There's a lot. Of, yeah, come fly yeah, with me. Is, yeah. a, is a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you, Brian? What would your book be about? You know, I think the genre I'd go for would be definitely erotic. Fi- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just, no, just joking. Um, it would be a horror slash. It would be horror oh, slash oh. love story. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Now here's my concept. Okay. okay. All right. Now, this is an original story. And uh, it's it's a beautiful love story that's wrapped in a horror story. So it's the, it combines two genres. Hmm. I feel like I'm pitching this to a, a Hollywood exec. Right. Okay? Tell me more. Yeah. Okay. So, Tell me more, babe. So the story is hmm. about how a deranged murderer is on the loose, right? Mm-hmm. Becomes obsessed with this girl. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's he's a vicious... You know, killer. Right. You know, just obvious evil, all this stuff. But then he goes to to kill to kill his victim, Mm. this this woman, Mm -hmm. and the two of them fall in love. Oh. And it turns into it dovetails into a beautiful love story. And then there's a whole thing about how she's not a murderer, but she has to learn how to to live with his murdering ways. Right, right. You know? And he probably has to fight the urge to kill her. That's right. Oh. But he loves her so much. Right. He can't. He can't do so. Isn't this the premise of like the Twilight series? It's like it's like Shakespeare <laughs> and um, you know Freddy Krueger, right? All wrapped into one, basically. Right. Um, right. Man, there's a lot of possibilities. There's a genre. I mean, it's a crossover. You could have a series kind of movie, right? Yeah. Think of the book, the subsequent books after that. Oh, right? I know. Volume ten. Volume ten. You know, I don't know what it would be. He called. almost killed me again. Yeah. The killer's heart. The kill- oh, there you go. That's a yeah. Mm-hmm. The heart of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that that that's just a little wow. You know, just a little taste. You know, I think that the gentleman at parlor, which is our, uh, I guess you'd call it a forum mm-hmm. or a community. Yeah, we can sound off on anything. I think I feel like there should be more of these springing up. Maybe we should yeah. have like a little subsection of, you know. Fiction or nonfiction? I feel I feel like I'm being outdone by Lancaster. Look, 
Uh, Comparison so. is the root of all problems, Brian. I, I you feel can't like, compare yeah. yourself. I feel like uh, I need to. I need to put pen to paper on right. this story and try to post it to the uh, the parlor and see if I can get a positive response like E. Lancaster has. I think. I think if you just, you know, actually, here's an idea. What if you put it in the parlor, right? Just kind of sketch it out a little bit, put some ideas down, mm-hmm. and hope that E. Lancaster replies. You know, okay. Maybe some thoughts or ideas, or because he's been That's down true. this road before. He's got, he's got the he's got the experience. <clears throat> he does. So I could ask him for. He's some got tips. the know how. He's probably got some his character some connections. You things. know, he's already yeah. doing his he's thing in Hollywood. In yeah, to the whole society. So yeah, he's um, yeah okay yeah the, yeah I think John Carpenter is gonna has been talking with him. Well, coming out of retirement, that could work. That could work. We can see some the, synergies there for the Firestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, trilogy. I think Peter Jackson is actually. <laughs> oh, that's right. he's on that's board right. to direct. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Sorry, got some firepower. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My goodness. <laughs> uh, so I'll be looking forward to seeing those uh, in the theater. Wow, this is great. You know, when somebody told me, if somebody would told me like, "Hey, Glenn O'Brien," they approach us, "Hey, Glenn O'Brien," when you start Gentleman, here's what's going to become of it. Right. It's going to be a forum for potential books and fan fiction. Short fiction. Short fiction. Short way to exchange, you know, fast track these ideas to, you know, self-publishing. That's right. Um, I would have been impressed. Yeah. I would have said, no way. Yeah. No way. No way. Not my wildest dreams. And here we are, you know. This is what we've become. That's true. Um, Exciting days. Yeah. Exciting days, for sure. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, after all this talk about E. Lancaster's uh, Firestone mm-hmm. story, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I'm gonna have to go start the fire and Ooh, yeah. uh, and uh, kick back and enjoy reading it. Right. And after all this talk about meat diets, I'm gonna have to eat some chicken wings. <laughs> Maybe I should eat some wings and then. There you go. Then read the uh, Firestone. Fuel yourself first. Yeah. Then fuel the fire. Okay. Sounds good, man. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that's the end of episode uh, number 152. Um, we, we've hit a lot of points. That's true. A lot to unpack. Yeah. Lots to digest. A lot, lot of de- mm-hmm. to digest. So anyway, Glenn, thanks everybody for listening to episode number 152. We will catch you guys in two weeks for episode number 153. Yes. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansbury. See you guys in a couple weeks for episode number 152. Adios, muchachos. <laughs>